This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Today's message comes from Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. In this episode, Pastor Emma Peterson gives the last installment in her series of messages on the fight for racial justice within Unitarian Universalism. This one is titled, What's a Gadfly? The 2019 General Assembly Shakeup and Healing What's Broken. My sermon today concerns the rising, shockingly organized coalition of Unitarian Universalist Gadflies, a collection of UUs disgruntled by the renewed commitment of our religion to strive towards a just and equitable faith. This sermon concludes, at least for the time being, a series of sermons focused on the inside baseball of our association. I've written about these topics in part because I've recently learned so much about our association's polity and history, and because of our congregation's efforts in considering the adoption of an eighth principle, which calls us into the action of dismantling racism within ourselves and our institution. Y'all have been very patient and I'm pleased to report engaged with these messages. Thank you for sticking with me as we've plotted through what is a complicated history and pivotal present day in Unitarian Universalism. I promise I'll be bringing back the warmer, fuzzier aspects of my preaching in the near future. But I've enjoyed this series and the rich discussion that have that has arisen in response. So today, let's take a deep breath and take one final glance at a concerning, growing trend in our faith. Many of my comments today are gleaned from the phenomenal article written for Medium by the Reverend Sarah Scotchko. Her article lays out gadflyism as a movement within Unitarian Universalism and draws a comparison to the upswell of the alt-right MAGA culture within the United States. I'll use her outline of her article in my own sermon, and I'll mention it when I'm quoting from her directly, but I strongly recommend that you search it out and read it, uh, because it, it really is an excellent primer. First, a few definitions and a quick overview of some recent UU history. In the philosophical sense, a gadfly is a pesky, disruptive individual who interferes with the status quo of a community by offering persistent criticism of authority and leadership, and generally upsets folks by asking questions that are often coded with certain terms that actually mean something other than what's being said. Now, gadflies are not inherently evil in nature, they're mostly just annoying, and they can often be constructive and enlightening for the organizations they pester. The phrase originates, uh, does anyone know where the phrase originates from? I thought, I thought Lynn Brandt would know. 
Lynn Brand, I'm going to tell you something you don't know, Lynn. The phrase originates from the trial of Socrates when he spoke in his own defense during the trial of his execution brought on by the Athenian government. He charged that to be executed by the Athenian government for his contrarian views would harm them far more than it would harm him because it was his calling to, quote, sting people and whip them into a fury, all in the service of truth. In ecological terms, a gadfly is any variety of fly who bites, stings, and otherwise annoys livestock. The gadfly movement in Unitarian Universalism kicked off in earnest in 2017, following the UUA hiring controversy I preached on last weekend. The movement gained significant ground and did remarkable work in building an underground network following the publication of a book entitled The Gadfly Papers, Three Inconvenient Essays by One Pesky Minister, written by the now disfellowshipped Reverend Todd Eckloff. Eckloff distributed his mean-spirited, overwhelmingly discredited text without permission from the organizers of General Assembly in 2019. I was at this General Assembly in 2019 there was a tremendous uproar about this text and Eckloff's um, sort of ambushing of GA. I want to make it clear that Eckloff was not disfellowshipped because he wrote a book that people didn't like. Eckloff was disfellowshipped because after he showed up at General Assembly and distributed this text, the MFC, the Ministerial Fellowshipping Committee, uh, who is the authority of all UU ministers and determines their standing within the association, called him to a meeting, to a, a mediation, a meeting. Eckloff refused to come to the meeting. He insisted on bringing a lawyer um, the MFC was like, uh, no, we don't, we don't do that. That's not how it works. So he refused to meet with the MFC. They gave him multiple attempts to come and meet with them. He refused to do so. And eventually, because of his refusal to be in conversation with the fellowshipping body uh, that fellowshipped him, he was disfellowshipped. Part of the controversy surrounding the book was what some perceived as an attempted book ban on the part of the critics of the text. It is understandable that any UU would bristle at any attempt of those in power at the UUA to ban a particular text from the members of the association. Fortunately, such a ban was never actually proposed and... Uh, it, nor were folks overtly discouraged from reading the text. Rather, you use from marginalized communities who had been harmed by Ekhoff's text were asking that the rest of us trust them. You'll see a theme here. And that the book would trust them, that the book was indeed harmful, indeed poorly written, and indeed not worthy of the attention and monetary support of anyone on the side of moving Unitarian Universalism into the modern era. So if you'd like to read the book, I implore you, please only do so in a way that does not pad Eckloff's pockets. 
There are Google Docs and the like with scanned pages. Don't search for it on Amazon as that only boosts its visibility. But really, I implore you to trust those who have read the text, including myself, and to trust the efforts of those who are working to make Unitarian Universalism a safe place for our marginalized siblings. What is worth your attention is the upswell of the movement surrounding it, which we should all be very concerned about. In previous sermons, I introduced the Fifth Principle Project as the oppositional organization working to block efforts of reparative justice within the association. The Fifth Principle Project and the Gadflies are one and the same, and Reverend Eckloff is their martyr. Reverend Sarah Scotchko describes the Gadfly movement as the alt-right movement within UUism, and she's not being alarmist. Reverend Scotchko asserts that actually hateful, bigoted, and racist sentiments have been brewing in UUism for quite some time, and it follows a similar timeline as the alt-right movement in the United States more broadly. Their perspective is nothing new, but Eckloff's book, and now the work of the Article II Study Commission, working to revise our shared covenant, which is our seven principles, has, ener has energized the movement substantially. Reverend Scratchko characterizes the movement in three ways. First, the gadflies are in opposition to social justice. Second, they have reframed the issue as one of free speech. And third, they have centered themselves as martyrs and heroes of Unitarian Universalism. Gadflies deny that white supremacist culture even exists, and their tactics are incredibly passive-aggressive. The thing about passive-aggressive behavior is it protects the one doing it from culpability. Gadflies are covert, which protects them from taking responsibility for their hateful and obstructionist behavior. Scotchko writes, as a tactic, the gadflies don't usually voice direct opposition to anti-racism because they know it would not be received well. For instance, they'll claim that of course they support anti-racism, they just want to do it differently. But however they go about it, the result is always the same. No work gets done and the gadflies don't ever have to change, grow, or relinquish power. If you've ever found yourself in conflict with someone who uses these passive-aggressive tactics, you know how tremendously maddening it is. We know the gadflies and the Fifth Principle Project is rooted in bigotry and a desire to protect white control and power, but they'll never say it out loud. Instead, gadflies have reframed this issue as one of free speech and democracy, and the democracy bit is a bit weird because the majority of Unitarian Universalists support the association's efforts towards anti-racism. It's a doublespeak, which means it is deliberately euphemistic and ambiguous. Scotchko calls it out for what it is, a distraction and an attempt to stay in control of the narrative while shifting the focus away from hateful beliefs. Here's another quote from the Reverend Scotchko. 
According to the gadflies, the real problem in our denomination isn't racism, which again, they don't think is a problem. According to them, the real problem is them being called racist or being called out for anything or being asked not to hurt people. They've been pretty successful at framing themselves as either victims of an inquisition or as valiant heretics fighting for free speech. According to the gadflies, they're the ones who are really being oppressed with all this political correctness. She then draws a direct line between gadflies and MAGA, both of which insist they are reclaiming their religion or their country. Who are they reclaiming it from is the natural question. And the answer is people of color, queer people, disabled folks, and this upcoming younger generation. But you will never hear a gadfly say that out loud. One more quote from Scotchco. All three of the characteristics of gadflyism that I outlined above make white men the most important people in the room. Their concerns are the ones that are focused on, their emotional needs get prioritized, and their egos wind up being served. Everything the gadflies do winds up decentering people of color and other marginalized people in our denomination. A funny aside, Eckloff's book begins with a screed railing against identity politics, asserting that any person asserting their perspective from the lens of their identity is operating in emotional hysteria. Interestingly, the only identity categorized as not an identity is that of white men. Just something to chew on. Gadflies are fearful of the justice work of our association because it means that they will no longer be able to do or say things that are racist, transphobic, or ableist without impunity. Our social justice efforts come with a heaping portion of accountability, and that scares the pants off of them. So instead, they constantly try to reframe the issue as being about their rights and freedoms, and they yell and they holler that they're the ones being oppressed. It'd be funny if it weren't so destructive. Here's the caveat. It's perfectly okay if there are folks within Unitarian Universalism who don't agree with the wider group. In fact, the gadflies would argue that the right to conscience is a pillar of our religion, and many other UUs would agree with them. It is a pillar of our religion. It's okay that this small faction of UUs aren't ready for whatever reason to come along with the rest of us, but they're being really disruptive, really harmful, and really violent in the process. So. Why is this a problem? Why is there pesky disruption an issue? Primarily and first and foremost, because it's hurting people. It's hurting people a lot. Scotchko, on some of the common ideas of the gadfly, writes, they say that being transgender is just a fad or a result of mental illness. They say that the idea that racism isn't as bad as people of color think it is, or that it doesn't even happen at all, or that it's all in their head and they're playing the victim. 
and the idea that white people and white men in particular are somehow being punished. None of these ideas are true and none of them are okay. They're rooted in hatred, bigotry, and a fear of losing control. And it's nearly impossible to have a good faith conversation with them for reasons that I've already mentioned. A few weeks ago, I attended a meeting on the work of the Article 2 Commission. Uh, it was a meeting for uh, mostly lay people within the denomination. And I was, I was, I attended for a variety of reasons. It was a kind of late evening meeting. Um, and I went to this meeting uh, to, to figure out, to unpack as much as I could. We're going to vote on the work of the Article 2 Study Commission because we believe in democracy at the 2023 General Assembly. I'd already had a really long day. Skylar brought me dinner up to my office and I was, you know, attending this meeting and was kind of just going to sit back with my camera off and listen. And I was not prepared to find myself in a room full of fifth principal project folks who were eager to discredit the work of the commission, insistent that nobody trust in the good faith efforts of the UUA, and determined to hijack the meeting with alarming dog whistles and personal attacks. I frantically texted my UU minister cohort throughout the meeting, and I'm eternally grateful for their feedback on good counter questions, reminders to breathe, and their general solidarity when I unwittingly found myself in hostile territory. One of the most alarming things about this gadfly movement is how well organized they are. What seems like it may be an issue with one or two disruptive curmudgeons in a congregation is actually a nationally organized group of people who are actively recruiting from hundreds of churches, working to ensure that those who agree with them are set as delegates at the next General Assembly. We saw this at the 2022 General Assembly when there were folks running uh, by petition for the board uh, during discussion, uh, during the business meetings. Um, the same people were getting up to talk about things that were not related to the articles being voted on. And at the end of the day, 10% of the voting delegates voted in favor uh, with the gadflies. 10% feels like a small number, but it's actually, it's actually a quite large number. And it is evidence of the groundwork uh, that these groups have, have put in. They have visions of minority rule, and we have got to take them seriously. And if I sound alarmist, I fully intend to be so. I urge you not to dismiss these concerns or underestimate the intentional organizing at work in this movement. Gadflies are threatening the ability of Unitarian Universalism to live up to our progressive, justice-oriented vision for liberal religion. As Reverend Scotchko asserts, so many of them are retired white professional men with a lot of time on their hands, and they are very good at using bylaws and procedures against everyone else because they wrote the rules, and they have a lot of experience at working within an institutional framework to get what they want. 
and they will be polite but persistent in undermining the mission of the church. Gadflies are quite literally tearing apart our individual congregations and their mean-spirited persistence is threatening the future of our association. One of the greatest weapons gadflies have had thus far is their overall invisibility. The majority of church leadership has opted to ignore the movement, hoping ignoring it would make it go away. How did that work with MAGA? It didn't. But we've been ignoring them. While we've been ignoring them, they've been working diligently, hosting conferences, ambushing meetings at the association level, attacking leadership within congregations and at the UUA. I've had a lot of conversations with Kat about what happens after these sermons are published and I start getting harassing letters because I guarantee you at some point I will be harassed for speaking about this. And they take over poorly moderated spaces like meetings about the Article II Commission where those running the meetings are ill-prepared to deal with the presence of disruptive people with ulterior motives. So what do we do? What do we do? First, we name it. We name it as an alarming movement within our association, and we name it when we witness it occurring within congregations. I believe, I believe in the mission of Unitarian Universalism, and I trust the direction the association is moving us in. I believe that Unitarian Universalism can catch up to modernity and that our religion proclaims a liberative, joyful message that the suffering world desperately needs. I believe in the right to individual conscious and democratic process, but I don't believe in using those values as a mask to hide hateful beliefs. I don't believe the gadflies will win because ultimately they're pesky and annoying, but small and squashable like their namesake. What I am concerned about is the harm they have already done and the harm they will continue to do as they inevitably fade away. And that's why we've got to name it when we see it. That's why we can't ignore it. We can't ignore the pain they have already caused and are causing the vulnerable, marginalized communities within Unitarian Universalism who deserve to be here and who need to be here. If we want to be a safe and free place for those on the margins, we must name harm when we see it. Ignoring them is the worst thing we can do. Ignoring them is akin to enabling them. So let's call it out. Let's refuse to let bullying, passive, aggressive, cruel behavior determine our future. Let's bring what is in the darkness into the light so that we can get back to doing the good work of healing our beautiful, broken world. May it be so, because we make it so. Amen, and blessed be.
This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.